Good morning. What a day the Lord has made. This is July 25th, 2023. I cannot believe we're just days away from August. Wow. It flies, don't it, Josh? It sure uh, does. Man, oh man. August is a pretty good month, though. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 It's it's going to be a it's good gonna one. It's going to be it's hot, but anyway, you got a your one of your co-hosts yesterday, Jason, his birthday's in August. And my birthday's in August, so yeah. August is a good month. So, Sir Tex- <laughs> Texas Slow is what you called yourself? No, he's, he calls me now slow, Sir Slow to Text, I guess. Is what Sir I mean. Slow to Text. <laughs> we knight you, the Slow Texer. <laughs> and probably my wife, if she's already listening this morning, she could probably second that. <laughs> but like I told y'all yesterday, y'all got to give me a break. Here I was listening on the app, a few seconds behind anyway. And then I, got, I had a paintbrush in my hand. And then I had to go walk over and get my phone because I was Bluetoothing off of it. And so I thought Jason was a little rough on you. That's all right. That's you know? all right. Well, we may have to say a few things about him this morning. Well, right? you know, <laughs> um, he's still open for singing engagement. That's so anybody right. that wants That's to right. book him, um, you know, you can call the station and we'll get that happening. He may not even be up listening this morning yet. I don't who know who knows with Jay? Yeah, who knows? I know who I knows? He uh, he really thrives in the Christmas time of of singing. August just got greater. What's that? Josh Newton said it's his birthday in August too. Oh my goodness! I mean, just shut down just the world. A, we we just need to have a big old party. We just need a vacay the whole of August. The whole August, everybody <laughs> just goes to the Bahamas. All right, um, <clears throat> it's good to be alive. It's good to serve the King. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that we're going to rejoice. And we're going to be glad in it. We got a lot of good announcements. I mean, I got a list of them. So I Let's love this. Man. Uh, some of them's to get you on the calendar right now. And then some of them are really prudent. So we'll try to do it in um, priority. Of course, Man Up is this Thursday night, July 27th, starting at 6 o'clock. Usually 6.30, but 6 o'clock. And the reason so is we're going to try our hardest to be back at the lake, weather pending. I've learned to say weather pending this time of the year all the time. Uh, but it looks like we're going to be able to do it. It looks like the weather's going to be agreeable. agreeable. And um, this is going to be more of a laid-back event than usually, um, you know, structure and rigid because we are still going to have a cookout. Um, so we'll still have some food. But you can bring your fishing pole, we'll bring the um, bring corn holes, whatever you want to do. Um, bring yourself, most importantly, bring your sons. I don't know, bring whoever you want. Um, but we're just going to have a great time fishing, playing cornhole. May have a volleyball net set up back there. Um, have the grill going, some hamburgers and hot dogs. And we'll have a little bonfire there and um, try to have some s'more things. And we'll have a song or two. Um, won't be a full band out there, but it will be a song or two. I don't know if that's going to be speaker or, um, uh, you know, just us singing a song together, yeah. you know, so we always don't have to have something fancy. We can just, right. we can open our voice and sing around the fire. Yeah. And Todd Mingus is going to give us a campfire testimony and it's going to be awesome that night. And so bring your lawn chairs, bring your cornhole boards, bring your fishing poles, bring your sons, bring whatever you want. We're just going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. This Thursday night, starting at six o'clock. And then we have our VBS starting August 3rd, 4th, and 5th, and that's right around the corner next week. You can pre-register if you want to get your kids um, registered for that. You can go on to our Facebook page, Bethel Fellowship, and um, there's a link there that we share to get your kids pre-registered for that. But um, bring all the kids you can out there. It's going to be awesome. We're so excited for what God has in store for 
those three nights, August the 4th, Greater Vision is going to be on East Main Street in Litchfield, Kentucky. It's going to be um, an awesome event there. Dennis Cook from First Baptist will be opening up there. It's a free event, so come on out and support some good gospel singing on the square. Coffee, you need to get these two dates for September. Um, Coffee with Jesus is September the 9th, 2023. Um, Kaylee Stone will be the speaker. And let's see here. They gave me the, I don't have that written down. It's in my text. It's in my text machine, as Brother Ron would say. <laughs> um, her title for the teaching is God is Healing You. Um, and so great stuff. Excited for that. 4 o'clock p.m. And the venue will be announced shortly. And then September 10th, 11th, and 12th is the Big Harvest Crusade, which we could not be more excited about. It's going to be three nights of just the Spirit of God being poured out. I think they're over in Clinton, Kentucky right now doing it. They sure are. I was um, talking to Brother Lance Sunday. And he was, you know, he was asking us to pray and be in prayer for those three days. And I yeah. know God's pouring his spirit out over there. Um, Lance will be with you all again at Madrid on 6 p.m. And he's actually August, 6th. August the 6th p.m. Um, 6 o'clock. Yep. All six right. O'clock. And then um, he's actually, um, I reason I was talking to him Sunday is he's going to be preaching here that Sunday morning. So we got all that worked out. Um, That's awesome. And so he's going to come and preach here the 6th of August in the morning, and then he'll go down to Madrid that night. And so um, we're excited to have him with us that morning. Then last night, of course, he's normally at Nortonville, you know, on Monday Monday or whatever. But uh, last night at Nortonville, they had a youth night. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a powerful speaker down there speaking to the youth and looked like the – the uh, congregation is full of young people, so I, it was really uh, uplifting to me to see that going on because a lot of times, you know, you sit there and you don't know whether to listen to this one or listen to that one, but I know Brother Lance was um, live on Facebook in Clinton, Kentucky, then also had the thing going on in Nortonville, so mm-hmm. powerful things going on. It's good. It's good to be alive. It's good to serve the King. Those are a few announcements. If you ever have any announcement for your church, we would love to get the information out for you guys. And um, we'll do that happily and eagerness because we love to serve the community. We want to be a radio station that brings the community together. And we live, we love each and every one of you guys. And we live to serve the king and um, unify the body and edify the body. And we're going to see the glory of God come, folks. We're going to see it. Amen. We're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And... Um, when we say this is the Lord, this is the day the Lord has made, we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. We mean that. It's not just a quoting of scripture for us. I mean it because every day I got to be reminded God can do the impossible. Yeah. And whatever you're walking through today, whatever I'm walking through today, he's more than enough. Whatever you're facing, whatever giant is in front of you, whatever temptation is surrounding you, whatever situation seems like it's killing you, he is more than enough amen and um he will show up and he will show off and he will flex that bicep and he will show just how strong he is and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world amen if you don't know him today i want to invite you to know him it's easy it's good and it's free amen Amen. to know him to walk with him is a day-to-day journey but that free gift that free gift is amazing and the bible says all you do is all you must do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's what it says in Romans. That's, right. That's what I cling to. That's and the it. Bible says you shall be saved. Yes. But it's always good to remind somebody. It's always yeah. good to be reminded. 
that he's right. more than enough. He is. He's that's more exactly than enough. Right. I mean, because there's been many times in our life, you know, every time when uh, people said something about more than enough, brother, I think about a message one time said all you need is just enough. But I mean, knowing that he's more than enough, mm -hmm. because how is he more than enough? Because he provides for your needs, he provides for my needs, he provides for everybody's needs, and therefore we come together, you know, and um, we know that uh, when we co-labor together, he's more than enough. Yeah, and I can, we can do those things. Um, I preached last Sunday morning, and um, we apologize. Usually the sermons are on pretty quick, but Hannah's gone this week, so yeah, we'll see if we can't get them on. I, she knows how to do all that. I, yeah. I'm learning. Um. But I was preaching last weekend, and I preached on deliverance and preached on setting the free, and I, I went from Mark chapter 5. And um, the reason I did so is, um, as, a, as a leader, Josh, I don't know if you've encountered this or not, but I've, I'm learning more and more over the years of ministry, is that sometimes you start to sense or feel something that's not yours, but you're doing it for the sake of the body, or you're doing it for the people you're leading. Yeah. And last week... Um, I just really felt, and I, it's, it's really weird unless you've ever encountered this, you really won't, it's, it's hard to, I guess it's hard to even put it into words. Like right. I felt depression and anxiety all week long. Right. I wasn't depressed and anxious though. Does that make sense? Like you could yeah. just sense the spirit, you're discerning the spirit of, uh, of what's behind that. And I could just sense that there was such a heaviness of depression, um, heaviness of anxiety and, yeah. Anytime that I feel like as leaders, you begin to face things or sense things or um, discern things like that. And sometimes you will feel depressed. Right. Sometimes you may even feel anxious because it's kind of like the Lord's allowing you to get a taste of what the people you're leading is going through. Okay. Um, and I felt like um, that's kind of what was happening. I, I just called and released the crowd, released to the congregation about, you know, the fear and the anxiety and the depression and all that's been gripping and and um, we just, the at, at altar call, there was a lot come up right there. And it wasn't just about that. There was other right. things instead right. of free form, but yeah. God kept dealing with that. And um, for 20 or 30 minutes, we still had people coming up. That's awesome. I mean, you just look down and it was more people up there than more yeah. people. And I was, we were supposed to be doing a baptism and I couldn't start the baptism to almost about 15 minutes after what you usually do, because every time I look down, there's more people getting touched yes. and more people getting radically changed yeah. and. Um, that depression and anxiety was going. And sometimes yeah. you just need somebody to remind you he's more than enough. And, that's right. and so that's what I'm doing this here this morning. Yeah. If you're depressed, if you're anxious, I know a, I know a God that doesn't have to take you through a 52-step um, process to get delivered. I know a God that can deliver you in an instance. And yeah. I know a God that will take care of it. And um, I, was, I went through a two- or three-year battle of anxiety about seven years ago. Hardcore. Um, it was intense. Um, as one of those battles that took weight off your body, your, yeah. my face was starting to sink in in certain spots. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. It was miserable. Um, web MD was my best friend. I went from, you know, you have a ingrown toenail and before you know, you have six different cancers in your stomach. Wow. Like it, it's just that, I mean, I was, yeah, I was, right. everything about my life was turned upside down. And so one morning I was sitting there on the way to church and, um, I just felt like the spirit of God said, Where's your joy come from? Where's your peace wow. come from? And that morning, the Holy Spirit wrecked my life. And um, since then, I can't say I've never been anxious. Right. But I can tell you this, anxiety hasn't had me. Amen. That's good, brother. That's uh, awesome. Just to know that um, there are special moments in our life when it's like a turning point. Where, you know, even though you, 
you know, and it's great you say that, but even though you know you're still in the Lord's will, but even in the Lord's will, sometimes we get overwhelmed, and like you said, depression, anxiety sets in, and then there's those moments where it's like the Lord will just speak to you, speak to your spirit, speak to your heart, or use you as you did this past Sunday morning and speak to people. You know, I think that you just showed a great um, asset as a leader, and that's more or less you felt all week for the people that you are pastor of. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord will put that upon our leaders sometimes, as he does my leader with Brother Billy, puts that upon our leaders sometimes so that they can prepare them for sure. the message to be delivered like it did. And like you said, you didn't, and I'm thankful that you said you didn't, you didn't, uh, you want to keep the altar open as long as it was possible. You yeah. know, a lot of times you'll see churches or you'll go to places it's where like the spirit will be moving or like like uh, when worship service is going on, like, you know, worship needs to continue. Worship needs to go. Worship mm-hmm. needs to keep. But then all of a sudden it's just. Yep. It. Yep. You know, schedules because schedules and agendas. Because of what has happened is people think, well, I've got to preach this time. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what happened at Madras this past Sunday night. You know, of course, I'm always normally speaking when we don't have a special speaker. I speak on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But the Spirit of the Lord was moving in such a great way during worship. And uh, Brother Roger was singing a song, uh, The Angel Touched the Cold to My Lips. Mm-hmm. I forgot exactly how the chorus all went. But more or less it said, Here I am, Here I am, Lord. Isaiah 6 is yep. where that song references sure. from. And so during that song, is just a time of worship entered into the church and even in our small church sometimes we think about our small church you know you can even during worship of course i sit in the back whatever you can see those that are worshiping and to be honest with you you can see the ones that aren't sure that are just sitting there Uh more or less so but what i'm saying is we don't want to if there's going to be two or three to worship really in the presence of the lord we don't want to kill the spirit Mm mm-hmm because sometimes it takes that one person doing what the Lord asked him to do in order for everybody else to engage in that. Yeah. Because sometimes we get in, even though we we say we love God, and I know we love God, and I know we're there to do his will, but the thing about it is we're always, and a lot of times, even Rachel, when she plays the songs, I mean, sometimes, you know, we do have a small method, but sometimes she will play more songs depending on how she feels. Mm-hmm. But see, even after those couple songs, and normally we sit down and pray, I mean, she'll feel like playing another one, so hey, we need to play another one. But you'll have some of those people that are so used to, after that song, even before it's over, go ahead and start to sit down and get ready for Billy. And then just see the people's look on their faces sometimes mm-hmm. when she plays more than that because she feels as if, hey, no, we can do you can do yeah. And it'll be like, yep. I'll look back and say, what were you doing? Well, I mean, let's let's sit and wait on the Lord for a moment. Sure. So, yeah, anyway. I, I always remind leaders when they talk to me and um, they ask me some questions or whatever like that. And um, I end up in a lot of conversations. I don't know how to get there. You, you ever feel like that, Josh? Like <laughs> yeah. you don't. Well, how did I even get in this conversation? <laughs> how did we get there? And why are you even asking me? I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> um, but it's like I always tell people that it's it's really good to have a plan. Yes. It's really right. good to have a plan. Yes, I think um, a holy, our holy, our God is not a God of confusion, and He's not a right. God of disorder. And so, there's no problem having Sunday morning planned. There's yeah. no problem. There, yeah. I mean, we have a song list, we have a sermon, we have we have what yeah. we do. The only problem comes when it's not expendable or it's right. not it's not changeable. Right. 
yeah. um, because the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants. Yes. But actually, um, confusion and discord and chaos is actually some of the reasons the Holy Spirit don't move sometimes. Yeah. We think it's we think order and plans suppress the spirit, but actually releases everybody to get into the spirit. Yes. Um, because you're not stressed out. You're not, what do I do? What do I do? We got a plan. But that plan can always change. Yes. But if you're not willing to let the plan change, you're more consumed about the plan than you are yes. the spirit of God. And so I think there's a sweet balance we got to find in all this. Exactly. And even Sunday morning, like when people kept coming, I always didn't keep asking. Like it was just this people. I mean, people was just being touched by the spirit. And as a pastor, you probably like, man, this is what it's about. You ain't got to plead with people to come. You ain't got to plead, you know, because a lot of, I mean, I've done it myself. Mm-hmm. You feel as if somebody in the crowd or somebody in the congregation or somebody you even meet outside, you know what they need. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to force yourself upon them. But, you know, you know what they need. And you stay there for a moment. Yeah. And you think, all right, I'm waiting for you to ask me how to get, how to receive the Lord in my heart. I'm waiting for you to ask me how do I get healed. I'm waiting for you to ask me how do I be delivered. But those are the ones that got to want it. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that got to make a decision for themselves. Because a lot of times, Brother Aaron, you probably know this as well. People come because we just beg and plead them to come. And then when they get up, they just come because we ask them to. And they get yep. up and they go. They don't go without change. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyway. Uh, James Rowan, it's good to hear from you, my brother. Um, amen, brother. Thank you guys for the encouragement. Thank you for the encouragement. Um, thank you for the encouragement, Brother James. And he said, tell, tell him, uh, that's slowest text over here. <laughs> I said, amen. I noticed this past Sunday, my nine-month-old crawled to the altar, and it wasn't just a few minutes that the altar was flooded. Wow. What, a, what, a, what a statement. Man, what a testimony. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, I, I, God wants to pour his spirit out on a generation. Like, without a hesitation, he wants to pour his spirit out on a generation. Um, and... You know, I, I just think we have to be open, receptive to what he's doing and what he's about to do and what he has been doing and um, just celebrate. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that um, Holy Spirit doesn't keep pouring out in some places is nobody ever celebrates what he's doing. Come on now. And I talked about that Sunday. And, you know, I, I don't want to re-preach my sermon. Um, no. I mean, anybody ever wants I to. Didn't, I didn't hear it, brother. You're all um, right. <laughs> um, you know, we, and I know that we try not to make um, – you know, the Box 2 radio, just a Bethel station. Right. But on our Box 2 app, we do have Bethel sermons. Cause, yes. And the reason we did that is we have a lot of people ask for them. I have no idea why. Uh, well, no, I mean, <laughs> but I, we I have think a lot of, it's an amazing uh, thing. And, I mean, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. And so, but uh, I don't want to re-preach my sermon by no means. But one of the parts that people miss out of the story, out of the guy from the Garrisons who had men, the Legion, or led Legion many, you know, yeah. he had many yes. demons, um, and Jesus rebuked them. Well, I, I brought it a couple points. You know, it, it was a shame that it took Jesus stepping foot there for it to be dealt with because everybody else just chained him up, put him to the side because the people who supposedly knew the Lord did nothing for the Lord. Right. And so the guy just stayed bound his whole life, and instead of fixing the guy, they just treated the guy Man. and put him in the corner. Um, and so we talked about that, but the thing that actually hit me was the guy who, okay, so these people drove Jesus out of the region. Yeah. Once Jesus did this work, the demons went in the, the pigs and they drowned themselves. The people kind of got scared or whatever they were. I think I think it was a mixture of fear and I think it was a mixture. He just messed up the system. He come in, they don't want to do that. It's disrupting the normal, the status quo. Yeah. We were okay with him being in the garrisons out of the way. But then 
these people or they they kind of come back and what's happening is Jesus is having conversation with the guy that was just bound by legion and the Bible says he had a right mind. And not only did he have a right mind, he wanted to go with Jesus. He said, let me go with you. And Jesus said, no. Like he said, no. And he said, you need to stay and you need to tell everybody. You need to tell all your friends what I just did for you and what God just did for you. And church history, if you get in there, will tell you that he actually revolutionized the region and he became a church planner in that region. And he led a revolution and he led a revival in that region. And I love it because Jesus didn't say escape. Jesus said he didn't deal with anybody. Jesus didn't say, you be mad at those people who mistreated you. He actually told them, go tell them people what I did. Yeah. He didn't let them out. He didn't let them cop out. And um, and that's kind of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and people, please do not misinterpret what I'm saying. We use the excuse of following Jesus to tell nobody about Jesus. Wow. And so we're no, so busy good. going to church that we actually never reach anybody. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest with you, Aaron, I've probably been in that boat before. Yeah. I love church. Don't get me no, wrong. No, we no. never oh, mess that I up. Up. To, yeah. yeah. If anybody knows me, they know ain't me. I'm all about. I'm going, all about going, it. Going being committed to a house of God. Yeah. They know that I am. They know. Hey, if the doors are open, it's impossible for you being there. You're gonna get me started. We'll be getting. I know. <laughs> but anyway, you know that's what I'm saying. When people would say, "Well, I just can't. I got to work tomorrow. I just yeah. can't." This you just don't understand. And it's like, all right, I, yeah. I guess I don't. But anyway, but what I'm saying is that's why it's very, very important for us as a congregation to be assembled together. You say, well, I do on Sundays, but I'm talking about if you are under authority of a pastor, just as you are here, but still yet you're under authority of the Lord and also the leadership here as well, Mm -hmm. you know, being, being committed to that. But if we are in a place of where, well, I just don't want to, then you need to find somewhere where you can submit yourself fully because the Lord needs all you've got. You know, we're holding other people accountable and therefore we're not holding our own selves to that same accountability, you know, to the point of where we're there if we can. Hey, if you, we understand if you can't, you can't. That's between you and the Lord. And we know the people that really desire to be here and can't be here. Just like we do at Madden mm-hmm. in our small congregation. Our congregation, a lot of times, though, uh, it's smaller in size because, and I say this, I say this respectively. Sometimes when people are there, I don't think they can stay as hidden. Sure. Like some people do in other places. You know, when they can go and can't really be noticed. I mean, probably, probably uh, even here. Yeah. Uh, you know, my I believe uh, my aunt and uncle Vicky and Daryl still do the door greeting. Mm-hmm. And so they probably actually see everybody that comes through those doors, Brother Aaron, maybe yep. even more so than you do. Probably. I mean, but you could probably reach out. I know you got a great mind and got to see who I was here and everything like that. But what I'm saying is a lot of people, even at Madrid sometimes, I think they'll come and just sit by mom and dad or sit by grandma and grandpa and really know, well, I'm just here for church, but I'm just here. Yeah. You know, I, but they're not activating things that the Lord wants inside sure. of them. Yeah. But we yeah. got to be committed. Gotta yeah. be committed. And, and, and to unpack a little bit farther, um, going to church is never a bad thing. Right. Here's where we've messed up is we've used church as the evangelism tool. The Sunday morning service was never supposed to be the evangelism tool. 
It was actually supposed to be the equipping for evangelism. Like the edification. Yes, it's supposed to be the building up. The five-fold giftings of Ephesians chapter 4 is to equip those saints for the work of the ministry. And what we've done is because we've not equipped the saints for the work and activated everybody for ministry and only activated a few for ministry, and that's the ones that's called into the ministry, quote-unquote, they're the only ones that are supposed to do the work. So on Sunday morning, we'll let them try to get people saved, and we'll pay a tithe, and then we'll come back next Sunday and entertain the same way. And so we're so busy fulfilling our church duty of coming yeah. in here and um, supporting everything that we actually never do the work of the ministry. And it becomes our excuse at that point because, my, well, my pastor's doing this, or my leaders are doing this, yeah. or they're doing this. And I say this a lot. Sunday mornings was never meant for the assembly to be about getting souls saved. It was about getting the souls prepared to go win souls. Yeah. And and that was the equipping. And so this is why we often, so many times, we have churches that are actually not activating the people because there's no activation for them because there's nothing going on outside right. of the service. Yeah, that's just true. The that's service true. is the centerpiece of everything. The center The centerpiece of everything is Christ and his mission. So what we do on Sunday morning and what we do on Wednesday night or you all do on Thursday night, yeah. it's vitally important. And that yeah. never goes away. That should never be degraded. That should never be looked down upon. But it should be interpreted correctly. Correctly, And that should be we corporately gather to worship, to yeah. celebrate, to honor him, um, to come into one accord and one mind. But our preaching, I'm just going to say this, and I make a lot of people mad around here. It's and I, it. I mean, I do. I, I I don't do it with the intent of that. Right. Like I love you all, and yeah. and I want every pastor in this community to know I am behind you. Like I love you, I honor you, I respect you, um, because it takes it takes a lot of unction to do pastoring right. Like. Um, because there's a lot of things you go through. Nobody knows. There's a lot of um, sleepless nights. There's a lot of things that happen, and I want you to know I honor and respect you, so I'm not trying to trash anybody, be degrading. But if all we're ever giving them is a salvation message and never equipping the saints, we're actually hurting our body. Come on. We're, I mean, we're hurting our body. Yeah. But a lot of times, especially in the Bible Belt and um, – more of a royal cut churches and stuff like that. We call them the country churches, yeah. whatever. We're a country church. I mean, that's all we are out here. Yeah, right. um, what you have a lot is a Sunday morning salvation presentation every single time. Yep. And and again, you want to present the gospel, but there has to come a time where I start to equip the people I pastor to present the gospel. Yeah. They can't depend on me all the time. Right. And um, you were talking about people hiding out and we 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 do have that like sometimes you may have people come and sit in that back right sit corner back, yeah. and you know what we've tried to do is we've tried to intentionally put as many people in positions to get to find people like that yeah so if there's a guest that there's somebody we are we're being very intentional about right. having other people not just me it's a yes. it's a group exactly. of us that are working Amen. like looking um praying saying you know we go up to people the ones that look like they're kind of just hiding in the back we'll go and intentionally start having a conversation welcoming yeah. them and talking to them praying with them whatever it looks like what is that that's activating the saints for the work of the ministry it's yeah. and we have so long fallen victim to the religious system of looking to one man to do everything come on now and that's why there's been no growth there's been no substantial change there's no community transformation there's only good churches being built a good yeah. church will never change the world if it's never do anything outside of its four walls right and outside of the four walls has got to be more than just benevolence there's benevolence part of it but we've got to move past this one man system to where we expect him to do all the work of the ministry because he's he's called into ministry 
Friend, let me just tell you, if you're born again and you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you are born into ministry. You are called into ministry. You have a destiny. You have a purpose. That's right. And we've got to quit this nonsense. And I don't know where we have been convinced of it. Sometimes throughout history, it's it has been birthed and it's been accepted. But we call the only ones are ministers the ones that are pastoring or preaching behind a pulpit. But you can have a ministry being a lawyer. You can have a ministry being a doctor. You can have a ministry being a burger flipper in the middle of McDonald's in the middle of nowhere. Well, I mean, I have told, uh, of course, I've already been doing my like my own little business or whatever the last 16, 18 months, me and Rachel has. But I think count that as a ministry. It is. Because of why? Because as everything that I do, I do it as unto the Lord. That's yeah. where your mindset must flip. And when you're doing everything on a week-to-week basis, why are you doing that? Do it all as under the Lord, whatever yep. it is. So. Everything we do, we're on mission. Amen. We're on mission. And when us as leaders and pastors start to understand everybody's on mission, then I need to make sure those on mission have all of its tools and resources they That's need right. to complete the mission. Yep. And as a pastor, I feel like... I tell people all the time, I had to get to a point, and I know we got to go break. We'll get to John after a little That'd bit. We got we got all morning. Yeah, right. um, I had to get to a point years ago where I was comfortable not preaching like everybody else because okay. it really did bother me. I'd hear all these other preachers preach, and they were doing these awesome acronyms, and they were doing these three-points things, and, and I love it. Like I am right. all for right. that. Um, and I think some people's really gifted at that, that, at that yeah. in communication and they don't slur through words and they don't talk too fast like I do. And and I, I tried so hard to get better. And I was trying to do I was trying to force myself to be something God didn't call me to be because yeah. everybody else looked good doing their way. And then I had to get to this point where I was comfortable and okay with not preaching like everybody else because I knew that the Lord stirred in me. I'm not preaching to impress people, I'm preaching to equip people. And so what I do on Sunday mornings, this is me personally. And I don't know if this helps anybody or not. I go in there with one intent. That is to build people. Wow. I want to build people. Like I want to. Amen. I, I'm not interested in growing ministries. I'm interested in growing people. If you use That's people, it. if you use people to grow ministry, you're religious and you're caught in the system of Babylon because you will abuse people. You will misuse people and you will take advantage of people and people will leave hurt. They'll leave church hurt. They'll leave all of this. But if you'll use the ministry to grow people instead of the people to grow the ministry, then you're actually growing people. Amen. That's awesome, brother. Sure. And and so this has become my heartbeat. This has become what I try to do as a pastor is just to be intentional about growing people. So when I preach, I preach with the intent to have somebody grow. I mean, that's it. That's all I want. That's it. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> what a great heart. That's all. awesome. Um, but I'm not, I wasn't really trying to say that to build me up. I was just, I want, I want us as pastors. No, I know what you're saying. Um, you're pouring into people that are listening. I just want us as pastors to preach. And people get really offended when I say this. We should hit the streets. We should go out into the community. We should go and tell everybody about Jesus. That's the gospel presentation. But what you do on Sunday night, you're talking to a group of saints. Yeah. Most most of the time, you most may of the time, yes ninety five percent of the time they're yes. they're born again believers. What we do on Sunday mornings, ninety five percent of the time, actually probably more than that statistically, they're believers in the house. Yeah. Or well, and they say that they are or something. Um, and we have this opportunity every every week to equip them 
to go and influence their community, yep. influence the people they're around. And um, we have to take, I feel like this, I feel like we have to take that more serious. That's just, there's no other way around it. I think we have to be, we have to become even more intentional as pastors and leaders and teachers and preachers about equipping the saints. Yeah. We've, we've got to. And if we're ever going to see real substantial reformation, revolution, revival, whatever you want to call it, it's not because preachers preach with fire. It's because every saint is engaged and equipped for what God's called them to do. Yep. And that's Amen. how we'll see transformation in the communities. That's right. Uh, Tuesday, question number one, um, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. And remember, this gets you in. We added a week to this. I heard that. And I'm, I'm sorry if that's frustrated. I don't think anybody should be mad no, about that. No, will be all right. Um, but we wanted to do this because it brings people, it brings us closer to the new school year. But we're going to give away two backpacks. And so it'll be, it's, it's one giveaway, but you'll get two backpacks. And we'll try to have a girl and a boy backpack and pack them full of school supplies. So you may say, well, I'm not going back to school. Well, your grandchild may be, your son may That's be, right. or your neighbor's kid you may be. somebody to give it to, uh, Ed, for sure. Or if your family's well uh, taken care of going back to the school year, find a family that's not because there's a lot of families hurting going into yeah. school year. And there's and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, as, as somebody who's sending six kids to school, it's not cheap. That's right. And all these supplies and everything, they add up. And so maybe somebody's just having a tough year and you can be a blessing to them. Yep. And, That's um, awesome. and I will, you know, we, we want to do that. And, um, we, me and Mariah was talking about the other day and she said, I think it'd be a good idea. So we, that's how we did. So Tuesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian bank. While Paul was in Tros, he had a vision of a man asking him to come to what city to help them. What Paul, while Paul was in Tros or Troas, he, however you want to say it, he had a vision of a man asking him to come to what city to help them? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back and get caught up on all these text messages here after the break. In Jesus' name. All right, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. Do we have an answer yet, Mariah? Not yet. Um, we'll keep engaging about that. You can keep calling. What? What? While Paul was in, how would you say that? T-R-O-A-S, Josh. I always say Troas. Troas? But, I mean, I know. Uh, I've uh, heard people say Tros. Yeah. Tros. Um, I don't know. Like, we need somebody to, you know what we should do? <laughs> hey, I know. you talk. We talk about it about every time. I mean, even I think you and no. Jason said something about a... Uh, something about a, some kind of vocabulary Hebrew thing. Well, what I'm thinking about know. is... We can run the Bible question through a pronunciation app. There you go. Or something like that. Then could Mariah uh, go ahead and say how it is? Yeah. Do you think so? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we can figure this out. But anyways, while he was there, he had a vision of man asking him to come to what city to help them. Uh, I'll give you a hint. No, I won't give you a hint yet. Well, not yet. Not yet. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. Um Josh is you just, slow I mean, to speak, so, slow to text over here. So. Slow to text, that's right. <laughs> uh, Brother James Rowe said, um, well, he was talking about, he loves to tell people about Jesus, and it's very important they see Jesus in you, because if they, if not, then they want nothing to do with him. Amen. Yeah, and you They've got to see it. Yep, and they see it through. I know James does a lot of street ministry, so that's awesome. That's yeah, and again, like, you, we need the Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, let's just clarify. Yes. I don't want anybody to say I don't. Yeah. But sometimes we let the Sunday morning preacher does everything. I do nothing besides give my tithe and support quote. Um, I want to say something, but I am I feel like I made enough people mad. I don't know if I want to keep doing that. 
but I, I want to say this. I want to say this. Sometimes we feel like us giving tithes excuse us from not doing ministry. Yep. And we've got to be cautious. Right. Um, just because you give tithes and offering to a local house yep. does not excuse you from actually getting to engage in ministry. Because people's mindset could be in a place of, well, I'm working, I'm doing this. If I give tithes, that means the ministry can do what they need to do with it to yep. promote the gospel, yep. or to send it out, to uh, more or less, quote unquote, I'm paying this one to do that. You know, yep. I can, their mindset yep. is like that and it excuses yeah. them from it. And because it's, we go back to the thought process that, well, I only do ministry if I'm at a church. Yeah. Well, you can do ministry while you're at your job. You better. You can do ministry while you're eating McDonald's at lunch. Well, it's about like one time, brother Aaron. I, I mean, I'll never forget this man. Uh, I hadn't seen this guy in forever, and all of a sudden, I worked with him for a while, and all of a sudden, he started saying things that, things that I didn't like, and I was like, "Man, what are you doing?" I said, "You know me." Mm-hmm. He said, "Oh, you're still like that." Yep. He said, uh, "You just don't go to church on Sunday, do what you want through the week." I said, "No." Mm-hmm. I better live it better today than I did Sunday. That's right. And he said, oh, everybody I know of just does Sunday. Yep. That's it. Come. I said, that's that's what's wrong. That's what's I wrong. Said, because your mindset is everybody's like that. I yeah. said, everybody ain't like that. I yeah. said, that ain't nothing but a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And I said, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Like for me, I want to, and I mean, usually I think I achieve this pretty well. I feel drained almost going into Sunday morning because you're just pouring yourself out. And I think that's what Paul talks about. I pour myself as yep. a drink offering. And as we're doing the work of the Lord and as we're serving the Lord in whatever capacity he's asked us to, and ministry has a lot of different looks. It's not it's not just standing behind a pulpit. Um, we should we should feel tired. We should feel it was like, whew, yeah. man, this is awesome, but I need a nap. Yeah. Right. And that Sunday morning when you come together, it's the equipping, but it's the energizing. It's like you're plugging your phone back in that Sunday morning and you're just corporately coming and recharging. Um, and so it, it's really these are really good discussions that we should have more often. It is um, because the system wants us bound in, reli- in that, yeah. that religious thought. But it's not just a religious spirit. Like that's always important to say. We, we talk about the religious spirit a lot. And unfortunately, we make that religious spirit about wearing suits and doing all this. But really what it is, it's a system of Babylon. It's the Babylonian antichrist system that does not want us to tap into what God's doing. Yeah, that's um, exactly right. All right, so Miss Gail got the answer right. Um, Good and, job, Miss Gail. And Good it's to hear from Macedonia. You. Remember, Macedonia. He, he got the yeah. seed of Macedonia. That's awesome. uh, Josh Newton says on the KJV Bible app, you can put it on the verse and it will read them hard names. That's what we should do. We yeah. need to. We need to do better. I need to do better so prep work. So he's got a Bible app that read to him, right? Yep. I need to send. I need him to send. He's still listening. I need him to send me the link to his Bible app. Because <laughs> yesterday, be honest with you, brother Aaron, I thought about this yesterday. The Bible app I've got. I I love my Bible app. Which one? Which Olive one do you have? Is what I've got. All uh, tree. You should get you version. Well, and to be honest with you, mine don't read to me. Yeah. Okay. So I thought yesterday I had my Bluetooth speaker on and I had uh, I had praise and worship. I actually, you'd be proud of me. I had it on Pandora Jason Crab Radio. Oh, I'm so proud. I thought you every time. Oh my Jason goodness, Crab that just song, warmed my heart. I said, Brother Eric would be so proud of me. Right uh huh. <laughs> but anyway, then I changed it over to Crowder after I got working a little bit. I'm still so. praying for you. <laughs> God still loves you. But uh, anyway, I thought, man. You know, it'd be a good time if I just had my Bible app going, just hear yeah. the word. So, I mean, I do that often or whatever, and I know there's, 
I go uh, sometimes me and Rachel. She'll be reading through her Bible, and she's been doing a great thing. She's got an illustrated Bible, uh-huh. and she'll draw in it. I mm. mean, it's awesome. It's That's awesome cool. the drawings that yeah. she has come up with. That's and, very neat. But uh, sometimes what has happened is, is she'll have it up on YouTube, and we'll just hear the word all night long. Yep. You know, so. Well, that's reason. that is pretty neat. <clears throat> Josh, I'm gonna do you a favor. What are you gonna do? You gonna send me the link? I shared your link to that one. All right. And that one does audio. That one, the U Version Bible app is a really good app. I will. I'll. I, I mean, I know. Like I said, it's one of them things. All of a sudden, I've heard you talk about that, but for whatever reason, right now, I'm just thinking hard about it. So yeah. Anyway. Now I don't know. I don't know if I can send you this app or not, Josh. I'm just sending Josh all kind of apps over here. I got um, you sending me apps. I got my daughter. She's Snapchatting me right now, and I'm like, man, don't you know I'm on the radio? <laughs> is it a is it a duck face? No, it's not a duck face. You like that though, do you? <laughs> you go, are you gonna Snapchat the duck face back while you're in the studio? Um, yeah. Well, anyways, God's good. Um, you know, but going back to what we was talking about before, and I know, and I hate to keep doing this, but you're uh, talking about how we as a body are equipping the saints to send them out sure. mm-hmm. and also send ourselves out mm-hmm. you know so we just don't pour into people on sundays you know i used to uh even on sundays brother and of course i know you have quite a bit few hard days probably as far as uh talking to people and start doing that but on sundays really the pastors and the ones that preach and teach that's probably a day where man I just like you say. Well, I don't need an app, or I need to rest, or something like that. And you well, know, well, I, pastors I, only work on Sunday. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you didn't oh, know okay. that. I didn't know that. Yeah, we only. That's do. a new one on me, man. That's awesome. What are you doing here this morning? Um, <laughs> just chilling. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so a lot of times though, we at Madrid, uh, Brother Billy will give an opportunity for um, people in the congregation to give a testimony. Sure. I know you have a smaller crowd. I mean, we want to be there as long as the Lord permits, okay? Yeah. We do. Mm-hmm. I said, but there's still got to be some kind of order, mm-hmm. all right? You don't want somebody to get up and testify in the middle of a big congregation or a congregation and not really have a, a I think, what brother Ron say? A testimony? Is that what he used to <laughs> Or <say>? testimony? <laughs> but anyway, so what I'm saying is we need to open it up, and when our pastor asks us to give a testimony, I tell people, if you can't testify in here with your brothers and sisters about what the Lord has done for you, how does it let me think that you're going to do it out there around your family? If yeah. you can't tell about what the Lord has done in your life here, yep. people you love, people that encourage you, people that pour into you, if you can't share it around people you love, what expects me to think that you can share it out there? Yep, and I mean I've heard this before. People say, "Well, I just feel more comfortable around people that I really, really don't know," you know. So, I mean that. And hey, if that's your ministry, go for it. But if you have an opportunity to testify in church, if you have an opportunity to raise your voice for the Lord, take every opportunity to do that. Even, even sometimes, you know, even on Facebook, mm-hmm. that's a place that we can go raise our voice. But let not don't let that be the only place. Yeah, don't let yeah. that be the only place. And, um, I think I won't, let's, let's bring a distinction to this. Go for it. There is a difference that between preaching at people and preaching to people. And sometimes our, sometimes we interpret the mission to go tell everybody about Jesus as preaching at them. You're doing this room wrong. Yeah. You need to get saved right now. Well, 
Sometimes it's just telling people about Jesus. Sometimes it's just preaching to people how good God is, preaching to people how how great God is. Um, I said it Sunday morning. Um, again, I don't mean to keep going back to Sunday morning, no, but we, we are not on a demon-chasing mission. We're on a God-chasing mission. That's right. Jesus didn't go looking for deep devils, but when his presence, when who he was, got in the midst of one, they started to tremble because they knew right. who he was. They sensed the presence of God. They sensed he was the son of God. They sensed he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and they trembled, and they come to him. Yeah, He actually didn't run to them. They, they came now. to him, Yeah, and the enemy wants us convinced to go chasing devils, doing all these things because it gets us distracted from him. And if we'll chase him, everything else falls into proper place. Um, but... I said, whenever we're out and about, the thing we do not do is, you know, we should be praying for discernment. God, give us discernment. If we're passing somebody who's hurting, who's bound, who's broken, give us the sense. Give us that leading. Give us that drawing. But the thing you do not do is if you got a drawing. So if you're at Walmart shopping and, and the Holy Spirit pricks your heart and says that person's dealing with anxiety, you do not turn around and say, come out in the name. <laughs> All right. That's not the thing you lead with. Yeah. All right. <laughs> The thing you lead with is you turn around and say, you know, how are you? Like, man, I, I, I don't, I know it sounds crazy, but I, yeah. I feel like the Lord really just wants to tell you he loves you. Wow. He loves you. That's good. And, um, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but can I pray with you? Yeah. All right. If you turn around and scream at them in the middle of Walmart, come out in the name of Jesus, yeah. uh, they might freak out a little bit. Okay. Like <laughs> they're going to try to come out in you. Like, you yeah. know, it's going to be like something like that. But if you come up there. And and you preach to them and not at them, they'll start to hear. And as the presence of God starts to manifest, if something's in them, then it'll start being drive, driven out of them. Because this is not a showmanship thing. This is not a wrestling match. This is not to prove anything. This is all about exercising authority over things that are not supposed to be in people. Yeah. And that doesn't always take a show. That And right. most of the time, it's not showy. Most of the time, it's just surreal. It's it's authentic. It's real, and people's getting set free, and people's being touched by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and um, and so we just have you had any? Have you had anybody before? If you asked them to pray for them, have you had anybody say no? Thank you. In polite ways, I have. Have you? Yeah. Well, see, I'll be honest with you. Uh, in the last sixteen months or whatever, when I, I don't think I've done it every time, but something clicked on me probably. Not very long after I started my little business or whatever to pray for the people mm -hmm. as they pay me, I want to pray for them that the Lord would give them back even that much more. Yeah, and that the work awesome. that I do will be Love will it. Uh, will last for a long time, longer than what it should. Mm -hmm. You know, because some of the things I do, like staining and like pressure washing stuff like that, really, that's something that's maintenance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That you just got to do all the time. But I say for whatever reason, Lord, make it last longer than it's supposed to. Yep. And I mean, so you say, well, Lord, that ain't very good, but you ain't going to get their business back. But still yet, I want something, I want a product that I put out to be as unto the Lord mm -hmm. that it lasts as long do as Do all can. things. But, and I, somebody said one time, I think they said it jokingly, but they said, what if I say no? I said, then I'll pray for you in my truck going home. Mm -hmm. I won't in front of you, but I'll still pray for you. Sure. <laughs> it's what I said to them. Yeah. They said, no, I'm just teasing. So, but I don't think I've ever had anybody for me that I can think of right now that I've asked about, not only these past several months, but I'm talking about ever, mm -hmm. that I said, can I pray for you, that they said, no, no, thank you. Yep. Yeah. You know, I remember one time in Louisville on a job site. Oh, no, there was this guy that passed by my job site, but for whatever reason, Brother Aaron, I just could not get it out of my mind. Couldn't let it go. 
that for whatever reason, I felt like I need to pray for him. Yeah. And he was like on a walker, but it it was one of them walkers that he could sit down. And it's like he started crying when I asked him that, and he sat down in his walker, and I was started to pray with him. He started to pray with me, and I mean, it's just it, it was it's pretty powerful, amazing, pretty powerful, powerful. I I have had. A few times I've asked people, you know, can I pray with you or something like that? They'd yeah. be like, yeah, pray with me. I just got to really go or something like this or yeah. maybe later. Or that. I've never had anybody be just plowing up right. to mean to me about it. But just hurriedly try to get out of the way. Yeah. Or at least. Um, okay. And so, but that that's very rare. Most time people let you pray with them. But if you turn around screaming at them, they usually run off the other way. Yeah. Um, so here's, you just got to make sure that you're not cutting the ear off of the soldier before he gets to hear the message. Right. And yeah. so um, we always got to lead with wisdom yeah, and with strength and love and grace and mercy. Right. And so um, it's, it's, we, we can't, I, I always just say like this, you can't preach at people. You got to preach to people. And sometimes that's not even a gospel presentation at first. Sometimes it's just telling them how good God is, what you were saying. Yeah. Testifying about what God's done in your life. Yeah. Um, and that's happened for me a lot. You right. know, I just shared good news. I've shared what God's done. I've shared these things these kind yeah. of things and um i had one person was telling me the other day how they got to share with somebody they were around who was facing the same kind of situation my wife and i just walked through not too long ago yeah and they got to testify to this person how god had touched heather and god had you know put the clot there whenever yeah. there's not one medical explanation that it should happen because it doesn't happen that way but when god intervenes he'll take the impossible and make it possible every single time and not only did the clot clot up the um, tube that exploded and it should have been internal bleeding for days and should have been dying not just yeah. clotted um, it stayed there while it was being removed so after the tube was even removed the clot never moved it wow. was when God does a work he does it right that's it man and so this person got to share Heather's testimony to a person who's going through the same thing wow and you know I'm sure there's not some kind of lengthy four spiritual laws or anything what it was just telling people the goodness of God and yeah. what he's done. And that's why the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Because if he's done it for me, he can do it for you. That's right. And if he's, he's done it for you, he person. can do it for me. Amen. Amen. And I'm thankful he has done things like that for me and my family. I'm thankful that, hey, it may not be the exact same thing, but he still worked. This, he's the same God and has worked in miracles. The same yes, sir. For, me, for yep. us as well. And he's still working miracles. That's right. Amen. He's Amen. still going to do it. It's pretty amazing, brother. He's still doing it. How he does all those things and everything. So we have um, after the break. I we're gonna we're gonna knock out a little bit of John sometimes this morning. Maybe <laughs> the last fifteen minutes. We don't know what's going on, uh, but uh, but we've had a lot of good conversation. This was not planned, so I really feel like a lot of this no, was really spirit was, of no, God. Know, Somebody man. needed to hear this kind of yeah. stuff we we're talking about. Um, but we have a Bible question from Miss Gail when we get back. That's gonna we're gonna answer that here in a minute, and um, we are going to also. Um, you know, well, let me just say this because we have her Bible question. But if you ever have a Bible question, please get that, get your number. You can text me that question, 270-230-6337. You can text me your question. And we always make an honest attempt. We don't know. Um, we don't know everything. We don't know everything, but we can help find everything. And usually if you start putting enough minds together, somebody's got a good answer or you can get to a bottom answer. So that's right. You can text me, 270-230-6337, and get your Bible question in. Or you can call the station, 270-257-2689, and Mariah can get that question to us as well. 
Um, Joey Sauce gave us the man joke of the day. What kind of food should you eat to increase your vision? Seafood. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love man, it. that's awesome, Brother Joey. Um, so we're going to answer Miss Gales, and then I can't say it's a great answer yet. I'm still looking into it, but I think I have – I looked a little bit into the – the question from yesterday about yeah. Mark and Luke says one person, Matthew says two. I heard y'all talking about that. Um, let me just say this. A contradiction happens whenever there's no definite way out. Like there's just no – it just contradicts each other. I don't believe there's a contradiction here. I believe that there very well could have been two. And like Jason said, one was more vocal than the other. Um, we could have, it could have been a perception, what you were, how you were looking at it. Matthew could have looked at the scene a whole different and he could have been centered around two. And the other one just say, well, this one guy's, you know, we're just really centered around this one guy. He was there. Um, but they all seem to be out talking about the same thing. Me and Joe Taylor were talking about that yesterday. I was, I was trying to look at the context, see if it could possibly be different, different, um, scenes or different yeah. times i don't think that's the case i think it's the, it's same, the same time i think it's the same one i just think there's probably two of them there but in mark and luke it said one because one was probably more vocal or more apparent than the other right. um which is not unheard of um but i don't there's no contradiction because a contradiction right. would happen when there's no apparent way out of it and it would hurt the text. Well, it helped me a lot yesterday when y'all was talking about that, Brother Aaron, how you actually spoke that uh, about you and Brother Jason, Sister Gretchen, Sister Hannah, about if y'all got one thing to write about, let's just say me or just say you. Mm -hmm. Everybody would say something probably different. Yeah. And so I think that kind of actually, to me, to me, maybe not to everybody that's listening, maybe not to the person that answered the question, but to me, that kind of puts it in perspective. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. But what about the, the but the emphasis on the two there? Yeah, but the thing about it is, when when someone receives uh receives a healing or somebody, just take that for instance. If somebody receives a healing, a lot of times, brother, and I'm looking at the people around the people that's getting healed, mm -hmm. how it touches them because of that healing. Yep. Okay. Then my perspective may be, all right, I know they get healed, but I'm going to tell you about what else I seen. Yep. About how because of that healing, it touched that one. Yep. So. And how I would interpret it would be different than how you interpret it. Exactly. It, we're all seeing the same situation and yep. the same thing. We just see it in different ways. There you go. Um, that's awesome. And I do think that's always important to remember. But I just wanted to clarify. I don't think there's a contradiction. I looked into all the scripture, and I kind of overglazed it a little bit. There's still more I want to study into it, but um, I don't. I don't see it as opposition to each other. I don't think it's fighting against each other. I don't no. think one text is grinding I against the other. I just don't see it. Um, I just think that it's Matthew points out to there was two, whereas Mark and Luke said there was one. But if you just say there's one, doesn't mean there's, you know, they didn't say there's only one. Yeah. They just said a man, a man. And um, so that's what they were centered on. But it never, as far as I can understand, Mark and Luke, it never says there's only one, nobody else. Yeah. It just says a man. Right. And so um, we're going to do our second trivia question um, of the mornings, sponsored by Higdon Land Surveying. What Old Testament prophet saw a man riding a red horse, and behind him were red horses speckled and white? 
What Old Testament prophet saw a man riding a red horse, and behind him were red horses speckled and white? 270-257-2689 is the number of calling. Get your name in for this drawing for this three-week period here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. We'll be right back here after the break. Radio on this July 25th, 2023. Uh, it's been a good morning so far. We got another hour left this morning, or 54 minutes, whatever you want to look at it. Um, and so we have, we have some texts, you know, praising God and at the same time, thanking you for both, uh, following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Great encouragement this morning. Thank you so much for the encouragement. And, um, and they said, great teaching. God has used you all yet again. Continue prayers for you all from Illinois. Thank you so much, listener. Um, and so what a blessing you are and you, you know exactly your, who you are and your encouragement and your texts are always very meaningful to us and we appreciate them from the depths of our heart and we're humbled that you all give us your air every two hours every single weekday morning um and so it's a it's an honor and a privilege to do this and to get to spend time with the body of christ every single weekday i always remember listening back years ago or whatever and just uh think about how good it was to be able to listen even when i was younger whatever and uh to be a part of it now, it's it's pretty special to me. Yeah. It's pretty special. Well, you're a blessing to be a for us. Um, we had a guy I met with a Pepsi person yesterday about some things, and um, when he pulled in, he come in and said, well, "Well, I didn't even know this was out here." I said, "Yeah." He said, "What what frequency are you all?" And I got to tell him, and um, a lot of people still don't know that yeah. we're here. So right. spread the news to your friends, That's spread it. your news to your family, tell them about it, tell them to listen. Um, we, we have one goal that's not to make us famous, um, because we don't sit up here like we, we, we joke around with each other, but I don't, we don't start a broadcast by going, this is Aaron Wilson and this is Josh Milbert. Like we're not worried about people knowing our names. That's right. You just call Josh, sir, text slow. It's well, it depends on what day of the month it is. Um, sometimes it's, it's sir, Texas slow. Or sometimes it's their short arms. Yeah, um, so it's just really dependent I, on what mood we're in. Fill, I try to fill in all those roads, but I'm still Josh Milburn. Yep. <laughs> I used Pastor Josh to me. Pastor Josh to me. <laughs> That'll work, brother. Um, but let's do this. Let's do this question for Ms. Gail. Yes. And then we're going to do a little manna on Tuesday from Monday. It's the only manna that's permissible to be there the next day. <laughs> Um, let me see. Let me get down to her. I, I've got a lot of text this morning. So, um, all right. Bible question, Acts 19, through, 2 through 4. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, what into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptized with the repentance, with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to whom to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. Was this a second water baptism? I know some people put oh, okay, so let me read this again. I need to I need to figure out how to increase I got a new phone and I got the the, the print's too small. That's I'm getting old when that happens. <laughs> I know some think a second baptism is putting Jesus through a second death. Are there any other reasons why others think we shouldn't be rebaptized, and are they right? I hope not, because I was baptized twice. All right, well, let's try to answer everything in this question. But first and foremost, I think we need to understand the the the, the text itself. The text itself was written to a group of people, and they went there, and they was talking about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Really, what they were really talking about, have you heard the gospel? 
Because the whole, what does it say? Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and And fire. What they've still only heard is um, John's baptism. And John's baptism was a remission of sin. So they were being baptized as a act of repentance of their sin. Jesus's baptism or the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire is much different. And I want to say this in this regard, they're not, if you look at the context of everything going on, they're actually not alluding to like praying in tongues and speaking and all that. And, and like that kind of baptism, of the Holy Ghost, right? What they're talking about really is the gospel. And, and what they've only heard is what they've heard of John the Baptist. But Jesus has actually come and he has a greater baptism. He has a greater baptism. Amen. And they're asking, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Like, have you received him when you believed? No, we didn't even know. Like, all yeah. we know is John. That's all yeah. we've ever heard. John didn't preach about the Holy Ghost, really. He said, there's going to come one after you baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. But his was a remission of sin and repentance. And so to understand this, first and foremost, you have to understand exactly what they're alluding to with this whole baptism thing. Josh, you got anything on it? I'm just kind of going back and forth to John's baptism there. Uh, The Lord talked about it in Luke 7, 29 as Mm -hmm. well. And uh, so I was just thinking about how, you know, there's always a deeper walk for us to, and we must understand also in Acts, we understand that the church is getting started. The church is uh, uh, starting to grow and starting to put people in and maybe when it first started maybe we don't know exactly we know in the upper room there's about it said about 120 but here we must know that even as you go on when verse number five i believe that um they was praying for the people that once they get, spoke to them because in verse five it says when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus mm-hmm. see because even in our walk with she's talking about being baptized twice okay I do believe, Brother Aaron, when I was a young kid, I was baptized. Mm-hmm. I remember going to camp. Okay, be honest with you, Brother Ron didn't even baptize me. I remember going to camp, and for whatever reason, I wanted to get baptized. But as I got older, I realized probably the only reason I wanted to get baptized at camp is because everybody else was. Sure. It wasn't necessarily men feel like the purpose for me being baptized. But as I began my ministry, also there at Madrid, I felt the need of, all right, this is me in front of everybody. I, I need to get baptized in the name of Jesus, in, in the name of the Lord Jesus, because I feel as if even though my life was starting to develop, my, I was being true to the Lord, but still yet I felt the need myself, myself to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So I think that here we must understand that as the Holy Ghost in verse 2 was working upon them and showing them, Hey, I think as we talk and as we minister to people, there will be things that people will understand to be like, okay, all right, then that's that's a deeper revelation, okay? So as you get deeper revelation, does that need to be, I need to be baptized 1,500? No, but I said, I still believe that, hey, if you think that, hey, you need to be baptized like this or you need to be baptized, you've been baptized twice. I mean, if baptism saved you i mean i've heard i've heard uh people say this before people have been baptized so many times that the tadpoles are the fish you know that <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that's not really what we're what we're developing here we are developing children of the king 
and we're developing them in a way that says, hey, this is an outward expression of an inward experience mm-hmm. and for people to realize who you are in Jesus and you how you are, you know, type of baptism is bringing the old man and coming up brand new. Yeah. I mean, and if you need to do that more than one time, if the Lord's convicted you again and you feel as if, hey, all right, this is my, then you need to have that experience with him. Yeah. Now, if I can for a second, I want to back up to the text and try to defend what I'm talking about. Because in case anybody thinks that I'm just kind of making stuff up, they didn't know the gospel or whatever. If you look at the first verse, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth. So Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Well, the inland country was a main road. All right, so this main road took you through Asia, and it took you always to Ephesus. That's where he was heading, to Ephesus. And if you would have done that, you would have gone through these people that would have migrated from Palestine into this inward part. And most people believe, or most scholars, or most notes of what I've read, will basically say that these people went there before Jesus' ministry. Yeah, They wouldn't have seen it. They probably wouldn't even have heard it too much. And they probably would have been leaving only with the idea of what John preached. And so this is what he was doing. So they probably never heard about the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost. They probably never heard about everything that Jesus did. They probably never heard the good news of Jesus. They probably didn't know that he died very resurrected. They they probably didn't know all this because there was there at this time would have been a substantial distance. It wasn't like it was just next door and oh, I was going to make its way over there. How can they not hear about it? Well, this is through Asia on the way to Ephesus. This isn't a small trip for Paul. And right. so Paul came upon these people they are probably still talking about the baptism of John. So that's all they heard. But yet he said, I got a better word. Wow. And that word's the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he's going to come and baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And he gave them he gave them that word. And they said, into what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the water of repentance, or baptism of repentance, telling them, telling them to be, excuse me, <clears throat> choking up this morning, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. So he's saying, John baptized you so that you would believe the one coming after him. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. So eventually, they did get filled with the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues and prophesying. But it was bigger than that. He was teaching them who Jesus was. Because they really didn't understand yet who he was. Right. Um, And so they were believing that what John said. But he probably expounded a lot. I don't think this was a two-minute conversation. No. I think Paul sat with him. I think yeah. Paul was with him. And now the question then gets into what you were talking about with the second baptism. I don't even know how many times I've been baptized at this point. Um, <laughs> and so because really it's a outward expression. And, you know, and, of course, if you go down to North Georgia Revival and other, the other ones, they're just putting people in the water. Yeah. Um, and the water for them has almost become like the oil was. It was a representation of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so theologically, I've tried to work through all this a lot. The Bible don't speak a lot on multiple baptisms. Um, I had another listener say, what does it say about multiple ba- baptisms? Now, it does say a lot about different kinds. Um, the priest priests would do certain baptisms. The other yeah. people, um, some sometimes people went through hundreds of baptisms in their life, depending on what what that was. And um, I'm not smart enough to get into every kind of baptism a right. priest did. I can't do it. I'm not even gonna lie. No. Um, Brother Tishner was really good at it. He could tell you every baptism every mama did. Uh, he knew it all. 
I don't know it all. And right. so I'd have to study it and get into it. And I'm one of those moments that I say, I don't know everything. So, yeah. but I do know they went through multiple baptisms and, um, but theirs was different things. And so for me, a lot of times I've been mul- baptized multiple times. Um, one time I felt like I was really doing it as a outward expression. Like that was me like that. Maybe the first, the first time. And then maybe at, Probably the first time I was at 18, and then I got back rebaptized again at the ramp one time. And the one that at the ramp was a lot different for me than the yeah. one when I was 18. Like the one I was 18, it was more of an outward expression yeah. of being saved. Right. The one that happened to me at the ramp was more of a almost what God was doing in me. It was like a in feeling. Like I was just in the presence of the Lord and he was washing me and he was cleansing me. And there was yeah. more of me dying almost. Like that's when I almost felt like there was more of me dying. And it was just a representation of that. Yeah. And then in 2015, really before the North Georgia revival even, it was about, I guess North Georgia revival was about to take off in a year or two from then. In 2015, we had that group of kids that started to meet here and pray. And we come home from that meeting in Tennessee and, um, they called me the next day and I mean, we prayed the spirit of God poured out in Tennessee. I was preaching down there and the drama team come with me because they did a dance and that included a lot of youth. So the spirit of God began to pour out on a group of kids. And the next day, that Monday we get back and the kids say, can we meet and pray? So I said, sure, I'll go up in the sanctuary and pray. Well, that started literally every night for months. Wow. I mean, it was, I mean, we weren't, we weren't there for 30 minutes. Some of these kids would be there for two or three hours Yeah. and then they would go there during their lunch break. Um, they were fasting. They were doing all this. They would ask Bible questions. We'd have a Bible study. At, I think we had a Bible study at seven. Then we began prayer at seven thirty or eight, and then we stayed there when the adults got there at nine, and we would pray with them, and we would pray for about two to three hours um, after Bible study, and um, this was every night. And the Spirit That's of God awesome. was pouring out. We had fifty-six people baptized in two services, Amen. and most of those were not new believers. Most of them was just a. It was a it was a demonstration of just how much God's overwhelming. There's things in their life still dying, and um, and people were being healed, people were being touched, people were being radically changed during the baptism. Yeah. I don't think baptism saves you, but I think it. I think God will definitely use whatever He can as a representation That's of the right. Spirit of God. And well, I believe, hey, I don't believe it saves you either, brother. But if you've been a born again believer for many many years. And you've never been baptized. You should. I, I think you should. A hundred percent. I mean, I agree. I, that shit's where I'm at. People ask me that all the time. I said, yeah, but I said, but it's that experience that we need as a believer to say, instead of saying, well, I'm already saved. I ain't got to yeah. be baptized. Well, all right, you ain't got to be, but yeah. I mean, you should desire to be because it's something that is taught in scripture. It's something that is a... Not it's not a three-step method. It's a hey, it's a one-step method. His blood covers our sins. But sure. still, yet there's things within the Word of God. It says if we continue, do the you know there's different scriptures. You got to continue. There's things that has been put before us that was done by Jesus Himself. Mm-hmm. He was baptized, and then uh, you know even we talk about John here and talking this and that. John even preached during his John's baptism. Mm-hmm. There's one cometh after me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch. Yep. You know, so we must understand that we are by far not Jesus. I know, but we can be like him. But there's one coming mightier than we, that's coming after the church, 
and we're trying to just like we was talking about earlier about preparing the body, edifying the body. You know, you know, equipping the saints. I believe that this is a very important part of our equipping is being baptized in His name. Yeah, I think baptism is very important as well. Um, and I think sometimes when we say that baptism doesn't save you, that we think it's not a necessary or important thing. My personal thing is I think baptism is incredibly powerful. I think it's I think it should be an intimate, incredible, monumental part of our life. And if you want to do it two or three times, you want to do it five times. I don't care at the end of the day. And the Spirit of God can lead you. Um, like I know that I think there's new believer baptism. I do. I think there's a new believer baptism. It's a it's a demonstration that I have been I have been crucified, buried, and resurrected. Resurrected. All right. I think it's. A, I think that's the. That's what it's alluding to. When we are in the water, um, you know, we're buried. When we go under, oh, I'm sorry. When we're in the water, we're crucified. Yeah. When we go under, it's buried, and when we come out, we're resurrected. resurrected. That's the new believer baptism. I believe that's what we would call a new believer baptism as a as a as a proclamation to the whole world what God has just done, what Jesus has done in our life. But then, um, like what I see in North Georgia revival and. God has moved in those again it's not about the water like let's not yeah. let's not make it about that but God is using it so like let's not yeah. let's not negate it either but um what I've seen a lot and you know I've talked to Pastor Todd and I've talked to them and it's not about the water it's about just letting them soak in the Holy Spirit amen and um I love it like when they get in the pools with them and stuff like that and they start baptizing you know they don't really say a lot um, actually, Pastor Todd told me in person um, when I was with him, walking around with him one time. He said, "He said I had to quit baptizing. He said I couldn't stop talking, and he said I just wanted to talk to everybody. And yeah. what they do is they just get people in the water, and they just let them stand. They let them marinate a little bit. Yeah, and I hope that I'm okay with saying this. Uh, if not, he'll have to correct me later. But uh, Brother Billy and Sister Nancy and Nancy's daughter Pam went uh, down to Nortonville here." Uh, been a couple months ago, but anyway, she uh, felt the need of getting into the baptism thing, mm -hmm. the pool, and so then Nancy wanted to be with her, and then Billy went. They all went together there as a family, but Billy said, "I never had no idea about the people that are in the pool with you, mm -hmm. about how much intercession and prayer takes place behind the scenes that yep. you don't really see." Yep, and he said, "To be honest with you, that right there." made me a firm believer in something that you know i probably had questioned about there for a while sure but knowing the preparation all right we're just not getting it no the yeah. preparation that takes place behind the scenes there's a lot of prayer of people interceding and praying over them being prepared to pour into people if they need to or to be in that pool with those people for healing to take place for transformations to take place because you've heard of people before getting in that water then i mean having the Lord come over them and an experience of healing them or just just uh, maybe even slaying them out in the spirit. But there's got to be people that are prepared to help in any way. Mm -hmm. So more or less they're quiet because they want the Lord to enter. They want the Lord to do the work. That's right. So That's right. And um, I've got the pleasure of seeing some of those. No, I, didn't, I haven't been in North Georgia yet. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go down there one day. But. Um, you know, I've, I was able to go to refuge with Jason and Pastor Todd and all them, and I got to um, 
it was one of those times I ended up in rooms. I'm not even sure how I ended up in. I just kind of looked up like, I don't even know who you are. Like, how are you? Um, but I got to see all the intercession and all the prayer and all the preparation that went before they started doing all these baptisms. And um, no one ever said, it's the water, it's the water. But right. it's about stirring up the spirit. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, there's fire in the water, but it's not the water itself. Yeah. But also, I never think, I don't think we should treat baptism as such a ritualistic thing that there's no power in it. And just because I don't believe there's atonement in baptism doesn't mean I don't think it's powerful. And I don't think it's necessary. I think it's very important. I think it's important for you personally, spiritually, physically, in all areas. But I I think ultimately, at the end of the day, um, if God's moving in something and you can see the evidence of his hand and you can see the evidence of his heart manifesting, then um, it's hard sometimes, but we have to, we have to learn to trust. And because I struggled a little bit with it at first. And then I started thinking, well, we had that happen here on a smaller scale with 56 people in two services where people was getting radically healed. And I never once thought it was in the water, but people was getting the water. Yeah. And right. Um, I mean, wow. it's, you know, it, God does it like, yeah. and if he can use oil as a representation, why can he use water as a representation right. for the Holy spirit? So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you were saying the word stirring while ago and actually I had a message prepared here a while back and I ain't even preached yet. I don't know when I will or when I won't. But um, that may end up preaching next time I preach. But some people want to be stirred, and some people are just satisfied with being in the mix. And what I mean by that is, like a stirring, it takes some effort on your part. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to be stirred? Is there something you read? Is there something you've been interceding for? Something you've been praying for that stirred you in a way where people really don't want to take the time to be stirred, but they want to be in the mix? Of that stirring. So because of you being a pastor and some leaders or a preacher or an apostle or an evangelist or somebody that's being stirred, people want to come and like be in the mix, but they don't want to be the one stirred. Uh-huh. You know, I think about a hurricane or sometimes I kind of uh, looked up this little detail. Actually, on land, the center of the hurricane is actually that center is actually the calmest part mm-hmm. of that hurricane. But on the water... It's actually a dangerous part because what happens in the center on water, all waves and everything are going every which way. And therefore, there is all kinds of commotion, all kinds of different things within the center of that eye. So actually, the stirring, you know, people want to be in the mix sometimes of being on the land, being in that eye where actually, even though everything's going on around them, they're in the mix. They just don't want to get in the stir. Mm -hmm. But it just depends on where you're at. And what you want as far as being stirred or just being satisfied with being in the mix. Yep. And so I'm thankful for stirring within people and it's causing people to want to be in the mix to the point of getting them stirred. Yeah. So. Amen. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back here. We do have an answer for that trivia question. Um, I've been holding it because we were talking. I saw it. But um, Zachariah was the Old Testament prophet, saw a man riding on a red horse, and behind him were red horses speckled and white. And Miss Mary Royalty got that right. It's good well, to hear your name again. Hello, Sister Mary. It's good to hear your I, name, Miss Mary. She encourages me a lot. I mean, even on the broadcast that I have, that I'm part of on Sunday mornings, and uh from time to time, she'll uh, chime in on a messenger and stuff. So I, it's good to hear from you, Sister Mary. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in and getting your name in for that drawing. Right now, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. All 
All right, welcome back into this beautiful, beautiful morning here on Mornings of Box Today, though July twenty fifth. Uh, both answers to the trivia question were given today. Thank you, Miss Mary and Miss Gail, for calling that in. It's such a blessing to hear from you guys and having you a part of the trivia for these three-week period. Get you two backpacks. So excited for that. Had a great morning talking about a lot of different issues and a lot of different subjects. And um, just really enjoyed the conversation with Pastor Josh this morning. Before we go farther, we'll finish the last 15 minutes this morning with the little Gospel of John. But before we do that, let's get into this Josh's manna on Monday, held over until Tuesday. The only permissible holdover manna in the world. The only leftovers we like. It's only leftovers. <laughs> I'm not a leftover guy. You're not? I'm not. Oh, man, I can get into a whole thing about that, too. But I, I kind of am. But I know there's several people that don't love to do the leftover stuff. But I... But I am my mother. It's not because I'm too good for it. No, I know what you're saying. It's just I can never get it to taste good. Yeah, well, I know my uh, mother-in-law when she cooks a meal on Sunday afternoons after church. There's always plenty for us to eat on for a couple of days. So that's normally what we do. But now, uh, anyway, so but uh, uh, manna on Monday here on Tuesday morning, Luke five four. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a jolt so are we willing to do the things jesus asked us to do sometimes it's hard for us to have an ear to hear what he speaks especially when we've been very busy doing things that don't pertain to the kingdom of god i've been guilty of doing what i thought were great things for god only later to ask myself did i do this for god's glory or just the gratification of my own self. Samuel was so close to what he was fishing for, he didn't realize all he had to do was simply listen to the master for the jolt. I looked up the word jolt in the Strong's, and the definition for it was a hauling in. So I'm believing for a jolt to be done right here in our area for so many that don't have a relationship with Jesus. If we as ministers and people of God don't cast when and where he tells us to, then we aren't prepared for the great gathering in. You could say the harvest is come, coming, but I want to continue to declare to you this morning, the harvest is here. here. Where did Jesus tell Simon to cast? Into the deep. One reason we aren't seeing the effects of our labor is because we are only casting in places we think are necessary. Going into the deep takes a commitment from you that says, I may not know what is there, but I know God is wherever he tells me to go. Results, we expect, are only answered by doing his will. Be strong, stay strong, we strong. So I'm thankful for, you know, that I, I, I read that passage of scripture, that the parable, whatever there, where Jesus told them in Luke 5, of course, but they were so close to where it was. You could say, was they so close to where it was, or did the Lord just make it happen right there? But, I mean, the thing about it is, that's oftentimes how we are. We are so close to something, mm-hmm. we get the great gathering in, but we give up right there on the end. We mm-hmm. give up, and we just we think, well, there's no hope. I'm out of here, you know, but then yet, I'm thankful that not only the Lord told them, but when the Lord told them, they'd done it. They probably thought, what's the use? But anyway, he told us to, so I'm going to. Mm-hmm. When they'd done it, they had the great hauling in. 
and I'm thankful for a great hauling in that we are going to experience, you know, if we continue to do the things that the Lord told us to do. Maybe go places we uh, are, go places that not necessarily that we think we ought to go, but if the Lord tells us to do something, we need to be doing it. If the Lord tells us to go a certain place, we need to go there. If the Lord tells us to say something to people, we need to, we need to say it. So I'm thankful for that great hauling in that we're going to see. Amen. So, um, let's see here. I'm, I'm really love, I love your, um, your manna on Monday, but I really love that picture underneath it too. <laughs> the picture underneath of it. Yeah. Um, of there's bacon, there's eggs, <laughs> there's a little hash brown with ketchup. There seems to be biscuits and gravy over there. Now you can keep the tomato on top, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I really love your man on Monday. The harvest is here. Hallelujah. Yeah. But it looks like a harvest is there in that breakfast, too. I'm on your Facebook page following you along. (laughs) I'm sorry. But that must be why then. Okay. I got you now. Yeah, because my wife, she had to cook breakfast for us and stuff. Yeah. And then actually before that, my mother-in-law cooked this uh, breakfast for lunch uh, when I was doing some work for her or something. So. Yep, that's what you was doing. You was more worried about what was above it than the actual. No, I mean I, I really love the I word. No, I, I I was reading along with your word like no, the whole time. Good. Yep, I was reading along with your word and amening you in my heart. But then I kept scrolling down on the screen, and that picture started to come more evident. And I'm just sitting here thinking, man, that bacon and eggs and hash browns and gravy and biscuits. Whew. You don't put bacon in front of a bacon lover without them seeing the bacon, right? I mean that picture makes me hungry. <laughs> I don't know who I don't know how you get something like that, but I I just I don't know. I'm I'm blessed with all kinds of people around me for sure. Even my mom this morning already asked me. Said, "You need breakfast this morning?" I said, "No, I actually was hungry when I got up, so I got something as soon as I got up." To be honest with you, so I think I'll, I'll give her a break today, and she ain't got to cook breakfast today. <laughs> so. Well, that breakfast looked good. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, Amen. Yeah. Um, but no, we just, um, you know, I just continue to try to uh, get into people's hearts, you know, of uh, yeah. how much I love people gathering together because we must be gathered together in one body and one accord to see the great hauling in that we're going to yeah. that we're gonna see. You know, I was thinking about it. I testified this at church last uh, last Thursday night. But think about our church service on Thursday night, our midweek service, mm-hmm. and they're just not a mile down the road. Uh, Coles was in revival with Brother Kelly Tucker preaching. Uh, it was a great night, great night there. We went Wednesday night, but anyway, Thursday night after church, I took uh, Rachel's nanny home, which lives in that road back, and there was cars parked along 401. They said there was all kinds of people there, and I know Brother Kelly preached a great word Wednesday night when I heard it. Then right up the road from that at Hudson, they was having VBS. Yeah. So, you know, within that few-mile stretch, there was uh, churches that was doing the work of the Lord. Amen. And so I told them Sunday, I said, well, I'm praying that the work that continues and the work that's being started, that it'll that it'll continue there. It will continue in our churches. It'll continue in our homes. It'll continue on our children. You know, because I'll be honest with you, Brother Aaron, of course, growing up to be— you know, so many churches has vacation Bible school, and I think it's a great ministry. It's a great ministry for us to, for people to pour into the kids and pour into that. But uh, we 
really didn't have like you said before here at Bethel we really didn't have vacation Bible school I mm-hmm. remember going to a couple here and there but I've had people ask us ask me at Madrid if we have vacation Bible school and it'll be to be honest with you it'll be parents that I have children that to be flat honest with you those people don't even go to church nowhere mm-hmm. they're always looking for a place to take their kids for VBS for just a few days then after that it's like all right next year we'll be back yeah that's the only time you see them and i say that sometimes where we where uh things go wrong is that they think that's the only time that they need to bring their children well my children need to know every time i see adults out brother and i know we're getting kind of off but even when i see adults out i know i know i need to bring my children to church like whoa no you need to be in church. That's what I really want to say. You yeah. Know? But it's something about people's mindset. Often, I know I need to have my kids in church. I need to grow them in church. I need to, you know, bring them to Sunday school and this and that. And it's like, well, you need to be there too. Yep. Yeah. So yep. anyway. Amen. My prayer is that it may be only time of the year they go, but I'm praying when they step in to drop their kids off, the Spirit of God That's hits right. their heart and Amen. Amen. overflows them, and they just start to weep in the presence of God. Yeah, because I've heard testimony before, Brother Aaron, of how people will go to church because somebody asked them to and thought, well, I'm just going to go Come on. just because they asked me to or something like that, and, you know, just this one time, and then that'll be it. Yeah. And then they go, and then something the holy ghost gets upon them they become feel convicted and come to give their heart to the lord yeah amen somebody asked him to come to church come on you never know what's going to happen that's right well we're going to finish out this morning we usually start it but we're going to finish it this time with john chapter 14 you're just always different that's right we have to be different um (laughs) verse 20 is where we left off yesterday and it says in that day you will know that i am in my father and you in me and I in you. Oh man, I love that verse. We may not bear, we may not make it past that verse today, because <laughs> he's talking about leaving us the Spirit of God. Because he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Spirit. Because earlier he told them that, um, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, or um, King James says Comforter, yeah. to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it either sees Him or knows Him, you know Him. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. Will be with I mean and will be in you. And so I love that he puts that in here. Jesus says this before the Holy Spirit actually is poured out. Come on. Because he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if you see me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. Because I'm all in them. Then he goes down to verse twenty. In that day you will know that I am in my Father. So we're we're gonna know that Jesus and the Father are one. But he says this, but you're also gonna know you're in me. And you're going to know that I am in you. So now what's he doing? He's bringing us into the fold. Yeah. He's bringing us into who they are. Wow. And he's saying, you're going to know that you're with me and you're going to know I'm with you. That's right. Just like I'm with the father. Yeah. And he actually prays for this in John 17. Yeah. Later on, we're going to, we're going to hit this again in John 17. But it's awesome. Man, I love that. I mean, but just to think about how he's preparing him for what's to come. Yep. All right. And so us as believers now, with our word, he's preparing us for what's to come. Yeah. You're going to see these things. Come on. I just want you to know what's going to be taking place. Yeah. So that when you see these, you don't you don't get overwhelmed. You don't get shocked. Hey, did I not tell you? Did I not show you? Did I not express to you 
that these things were to come. Come on. And so, man. And then he's, because, again, it's not just about, oh, my goodness. Salvation is not about just us getting to heaven. Right. It's really about getting heaven into us. It's getting who he is in us. Let yeah. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because if you're not allowing him to live in you, then yep. you're not part of him anyway. Come on. So. And so it's about bringing us into unity. Um, it's it's about bringing us into in one, with him. And it's our relationship with Christ. I think that's the beautiful thing about marriage is it shadows our relationship with him. And two, become one. We are, as his bride, supposed to become one with him. Peter says we are to be partakers of the divine nature. We're to, we're to partake of it. We're to eat of it. We're to feast of it. We're to become partakers of it. And we never become God, but we start to walk with him. Yeah. And he brings us into his His presence. He brings us into who he is. We start to learn who he is. And ultimately, as Romans 8.30 says, we are predestined to be conformed in the image of the Son. Amen. We're, 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 that's what he's doing. He's bringing us in. And the world, we will know, first and foremost, that the Father and Jesus are one. But then we're going to know that he's in us and we're in him. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What's the King James read on verse 21? 21 says, He that, uh, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I thought you would like all those. Uh, if, That's why you let me read Because <laughs> if we continue to love. Continue. Continue. I mean, and that's why I expressed to people thought you would how, like that. We, how we always got to continue in his love, continue in his grace, continue in his mercy, continue in him. It ain't just a one-time deal. It ain't just, hey, I come to the Lord, hey, I'm thankful for salvation. That's the thing that starts my relationship with him, me realizing that I need a Savior. My salvation has happened. But then from that point on, have I lived my life in a way to where I've kept his commandments and where I continue to love him and where I continue to do the things so that what? So that he can manifest himself through me mm -hmm. for others. Yes. See, how does he manifest something? He makes it known. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I'm thankful for him. He makes himself known, known to us. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, so just to know that, I mean, he does that in different ways for each and every one of us. Yep. So then Judas, not Iscariot, different Judas, said to him, mm -hmm. Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? I actually. Judas, I like it. I don't know what Judas this is, but Judas, I really like that yeah, question. That's it. Um, because he's saying, well, how are you going to manifest to us, but then everybody around him is not going to see it? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my, wa my father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. King right. James says, abode. Abode. Abode with him. Dwell with him, yeah. make their home with him, abode with him. That's right. He's saying that's how you're going to be man. That's how I'm manifesting to you and not the world. Is only those who love me, only those who, who are with me, only those who are keeping my word, only those who are walking and continuing to walk with me. I will abode with, and that's how I manifest myself to them. Because I don't. He's basically saying that I'm not going to dwell with those that are not of me. Yeah. 
and that's how the difference maker. That's why I think that so many people out in this world will, you know, point their eyes on something that don't look like Christ, and they call it Christ, okay? Mm -hmm. But just because everybody calls that Christ, and we know it's not Christ-like, yes. we as believers know, hey, that's not how the Lord would do it. See, because we can see the difference, but everybody's trying to point to that difference because of, well, that's saying that that's the reason I'm not doing that is because I don't see it in that one. I don't see it. But do you see it in me? Mm -hmm. Do you see it in somebody else? You always mm -hmm. want to point out the ones you don't see or the ones that's not doing it. You never talk about the ones that are yep. doing it. So I'm thankful for the ones that are continuing to do it. Yes. So. Yes. Amen and amen. Um, let's see. So we're at verse 40, 24. 24. We're flying. We're flying, Pastor Josh. I know it. Whoever, well, i got to read this one, too, if you don't care. You read it then. You All read right. it. <laughs> he that loveth me and not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. So, again, you can either loveth him to the point of deeping your love, or loveth him not to the point of getting farther away from his love. But what happened there? What happened was we chose to do that. Okay? We choose to either get deeper in his love or farther away from it. You see, but here he's forewarning the ones that are not loving him and are not keeping his sayings. But he's forewarning the ones that are not doing that. And so I'm... I know that there's a distinction. Mm -hmm. There's a distinction in the Lord's people and the people that are not of his. Yes. But the distinction ain't depending upon him. It's depending upon us. Because why he died for all mankind. He died for all of us. And I'm thankful that me personally has accepted the invitation to continue to come to him. Not just back when I was a 14-year-old boy, but I'm talking even right now as a 41-year-old uh, kid <laughs> continuing to get to where mm -hmm. he is. Yeah. So, anyway, but then uh, verse uh, 25 says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. So he's present with them. Yep. He's making them. He's making them understand. All right, as of right now, I'm present with you. So I'm telling you this right now, while I'm here with you, mm -hmm. right now. So what do you think that they thought when he said, that? "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean? You ain't gonna be here forever?" Yep. What? Where are you going? He's trying to tell them. <laughs> he's he's trying his hardest. <laughs> I mean, that's all he could do. Yep. It seemed like his a lot of the ministry was preparing them for him not being there. Because yep. that's about like us, though, Brother Aaron. I think about this oftentimes. You know, people that we love, mm -hmm. oftentimes we don't think about death or not having them until they're not there no more. Yep. Okay? So we have loved ones that's gone on. We have, and you know, we know it's coming. Yep. I mean, that's something that we know that's coming. We don't know the age. We don't know the time. But we still understand that death, we're, we're promised, and then what? Then the judgment. But see, but still yet, when it happens, don't matter how young a person is, no matter how old a person is, when it happens, it hurts. That's right. Mm. And so, yeah. But he was still preparing them. Yeah. Well, we're going to stop there for this morning. Um, that's a good stopping point because we're going to get is. into the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be our helper, our comforter, and he's going to teach us all things. So that's we're going right. to get into that tomorrow morning. That's right. 
Um, just to reiterate some of the yes, announcements, announcements before we head out this morning. July 27th, this Thursday night, man up here at Bethel Fellowship starting at 6 o'clock. Lord willing and weather pending, we will be back at the lake. So bring your fishing poles, bring your lawn chairs. We're going to have a great night back there. Um, bring your sons, bring whatever you want. It's going to bring a football, bring a frisbee. I don't care what you bring. Um, just bring yourself and your, your sons, and um, it's going to be a great night back there. Our VBS starts next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That Saturday is going to be an awesome day. It's going to be a day kind of for everybody to come out. And got a 100-foot wet obstacle course coming. Man, it's it's awesome. a huge, yeah. huge. I love that, Some, that, that video you showed me of it, man. That, that's the key. Are you going to come, are you gonna come and play on it with us? I don't know, man. It's awful tempting to uh, <laughs> You should. Um, then we've got Greater Vision on East Main Market Street there in Litchfield coming up August the 4th. Um, Pastor Dennis Cook from... First Baptist will be opening up there. Uh, go ahead and mark on your calendars for Coffee with Jesus, September 9th, 2023. Um, at 4 o'clock, Kaylee Stone will be uh, ministering that day that God is healing you. Healing you, she says, healing. Um, so I'm interested in that. And right. then um, this, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, Brother Lance will be here at Bethel Fellowship That's that awesome. Sunday morning. And then that Sunday evening, he's going to be at Madrid, or as Miss Gretchen and I was talking, Madrid, um, <laughs> yesterday. And so that will be at 6 o'clock at Madrid that Saturday, I mean Sunday night. And then, of course, our services start at 10, 15 Sunday mornings. Um, you can get here at 10, 9.45 for, um, we have two things. We have Sunday school at 9, but then we have coffee and donuts in the fellowship hall at 9.45. And then we've got prayer in the sanctuary at 945. So awesome. um, we kind of have a dualistic thing going so on. So still, y'all still have the breakfast thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I ain't, cool. My donuts ain't going nowhere. <laughs> uh, I like those donuts. I eat donuts and then go pray. Um, That's right. And so, but it's still good stuff, and we, we're so excited. And our Bethel Christian Academy school year is right around the corner. Starts August 11th. We have room downstairs. Um, I think upstairs we are over capacity almost so yeah um, we're packed upstairs in the middle wow. in the high school but middle school and elementary age we have room so if you're interested in getting your kids in a um, christian school it's we're um i can say it like this we're an affordable christian school and so we never want money to be an issue for a kid not to get a christian education um our teachers do a great job of teaching academics but the thing i love is we do it all from a biblical worldview yeah. so even the english paces that we go through all of them have principles that are godly and like yeah. as they're teaching you english they're also teaching you godly principles and That's stories right. and everything else so Everything's from a biblical worldview. And the uh, class you're going to be doing, is that to the high school? Or? Well, we'll be doing a high school. I'll be teaching every day New Testament every to high day. school. Every, every day. day I have them for about yeah. 45 minutes to an hour um, teaching New Testament. And I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Wow. Um, I didn't get to that last year, but I am going to be able to do it this year. So the high schoolers, freshmen through senior, I'll have every day. Um, and then me and Hannah will be splitting middle school and elementary on Friday mornings chapel. Okay. And so she will take Friday morning every chapter. Friday morning. Um, I think we're, I'm letting Hannah decide by this. She's praying into it, which one she wants to do. I'll take the other group, but we'll be consistent all throughout the year. Okay. And so one, one morning a week, we'll have that age group. And I think, I think Hannah's probably going to take an elementary. I'm not for sure, but that's what I feel. Yeah. Um, and I'll take the middle schooler, but it'll be a whole year on Fridays that we get to have those. Wow, that's and awesome. And so, um, I can't wait. I mean, cause I get to, uh, do chapel sometime on Wednesday mornings yep. also. So yep. looking forward to that. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much, Pastor Josh, for coming in on Tuesdays. Uh, we love everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.